0: The Blues Brothers' 1978 album Briefcase Full of Blues opens with this monologue by Dan Aykroyd in character as Elwood Blues. Quote, Here it is, the late 1970s, going on 1985. You know so much of the music we hear today is pre-programmed electronic disco. You never get a chance to hear master bluesmen practicing their craft anymore. By the year 2006, the music known today as the Blues will exist only in the Classical Records Department in your local public library, end quote. These sentiments may appear quaint from where we stand in 2023, going on 1985, and yet, with a stretch of the empathetic faculty, we might understand how, by emulating acts like Soul Men, Sam Moore, and Dave Prater, Jake and Elwood Blues were created not only to celebrate, but to preserve soul music, that is to say, music with a soul, from annihilation beneath the heel of music born of and, quote, performed, unquote, by machines. Although it has become popular to reframe the work of Ackroyd Belushi, Donald Duck Dunn, Blue Lou Marini et al. as an exercise in tone-deaf cultural appropriation, it is clear to this podcaster that the Blues Brothers Project was inspired by the deepest respect and the strongest admiration for the blues, for the history of blues, rhythm and blues, soul, gospel, etc., and for the vast community of musicians who brought blues music into being and who have kept its fire burning through the decades. A community which, it could be said, includes any musician who bothers to learn a third Chord. And this is the third strongest podcast.
1: We left people on a cliffhanger, didn't we?
0: What cliffhanger? I think we did. Oh, it was like we got a call from Apple Kid.
1: Yeah.
2: He said he had an invention for us. so We got to go to his house.
0: Yes. So but when you go to his house, he's not there. And Apple Kid, sorry, Orange Kid, is standing outside like waiting for you and he says he directs you to where apple kid is in kind of a disgusted way making orange kid a better character i'm i like him more now when he gets really petty like that Mm
2: -hmm. yeah the game obviously can't dwell on these characters at all but they're pretty fully realized I guess I guess they do dwell on Apple Kid more because we do get more of him in the game. But Mm -hmm. uh, if if there was room in the game for more Orange Kid, you know, that would be nice, too.
1: Yeah.
0: And this whole little bit of business seems intended to, like, set Apple Kid up as a sidekick character, make him more memorable. Because it would be very easy to not have a giant pencil in Peaceful Rest Valley, right? Yeah. You don't need the character of Apple Kid at all. And you don't need this weird thing where you talk to him and then you go somewhere else and then he calls you and you go right back to him and then you have to go look for him. It all seems kind of like action for action's sake. Uh, But if it accomplishes anything other than being funny... Uh, it accomplishes making you like Apple Kid.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite a diversion from what you thought you were supposed to be doing. So, yeah. Yeah, at least it has that going for it.
0: Apple Kid is hanging out in Berglund Park with his mouse who doesn't have a name. <laughs> and I remember there being like another step or something, like he was going to ask me for more money, but no, he just hands over the pencil eraser. Uh, it's a amazing device that just gets rid of pencils make sure you don't use it near a shop that sells pencils
2: i think this is a master of localization uh <laughs> oh yeah in japanese we're not it's... supposed
0: to talk about the localization i'm
2: going to talk about it for a second i feel I- i'm here to pr- heap praise on this video game and how this is a better version of it in this version of the game because the idea just the word pencil eraser is is so perfect it's so pristine because <laughs> the pencil eraser is already a thing you know it's the thing at the end of the pencil but that's not what this means this is a eraser that erases pencils it's just it's so tidy this joke is so tidy that i'm like smitten with it
1: yeah it's good maybe that's part of like yeah the whole going all the way back for this joke it's like you're waiting for the punchline yeah it's pretty good
0: yeah
2: love it love it
1: i've been noticing in this game there's a lot of like you find exactly what you need at the right time and you don't have to figure out any puzzles or like what do you do with this item like it's always you get the item that you know that you already need right before you need it yes or right after you need it. it's
0: a lot of Show you the key and then show you show you the door and then show you the key with nothing in between. Um, Often in service of punchlines, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Almost never is there backtracking. Although we'll get to some places where there's significant backtracking, but Mm -hmm. it shows up very rarely. And um, I don't know. I guess I'll talk about this. I developed a theory of uh, like RPGs in my youth uh, kind of in reaction to Earthbound and the f- few other RPGs of that vintage that I played where I said it is not realistic for there to be no backtracking. If this is a real world, then it's pretty contrived that the next thing I need is always in the next town over. Mm -hmm. And that everything in this story would always lead me to a new place. That's not how real life works. And uh, (laughs) when people criticize games for backtracking, I don't really get it because I think that backtracking like fills out the world and makes it feel more real. And if it's a fun game to inhabit, then backtracking is fun. Uh, But I do agree that, like, it's not that type of realism is not necessary. And I don't need to hold RPGs to the same standards that I hold my actual life to, (laughs) where I do have to do a lot of backtracking. Yeah, it's
1: okay to take some liberties.
2: I've never backtracked in my life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Just always forward.
2: Always forward.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's.
2: This game is telling a different kind of story than a game that you would backtrack in
0: normally, so. It's, yeah. ep- it's but, ep- episodic. But. However. The moments where you do backtrack are really good. They're very. And po- they pointed. do succeed in filling out the world in the way that good backtracking does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. However, I guess this is an example of that, kind of, because now we have to go back to Peaceful Rest Valley, activate the pencil eraser, cause it to disappear in a pretty cool effect where individual pixels just disappear. And now we can actually do Peaceful Rest Valley. Let's talk about Peaceful Rest Valley. It's hard.
2: It's like it's Barrio Paint, how it erases. Uh, yeah, I had a hard time <laughs> going through Peaceful Rest Valley this time.
1: yeah. It sounds like it's going to be so peaceful, and then there's walking trees that blow up and kill you.
2: The trees, I hate the trees. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because the trees are a recurring thing in the series. That happens in every game, and I don't know uh. why they settled on the idea that when you defeat a tree, that it explodes. But hmm. it's consistent in a way that's very charming.
1: It's very dramatic.
0: I have no love for the trees exploding because it is it inconveniences me too much. Yeah.
1: But it also teaches people that you can survive a battle if if you're about to die, you can survive if you just push the yeah. buttons fast enough and get out of the battle before you, your HP drops to zero.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, there's also UFOs, which are kind of delivering on a promise that the opening of the game made that there are UFOs in this game. Yeah uh, yes. But they are these aren't the cute little UFOs. What are th- what kind of UFOs are these?
1: No, this is Are they just called uh, UFOs? Are they this little is, UFOs?
2: This is the cute little UFO.
1: But the cute little UFO has
0: no.
2: a
1: ribbon. Yeah.
2: Oh, maybe this is the little UFO then. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh
1: yeah.
0: These just, are the little UFOs. The game has something. a progression
2: of uh, increasingly cute UFOs <laughs> yeah. basically you also get the spinning robos so we're, we're dealing with mm-hmm. some archetypes introduction
1: There's... of new enemy
0: archetypes and like the sci-fi theme has kind of just appeared with no explanation yeah because yeah. Uh, I-, I think the general idea is like we're not supposed to understand that an alien invasion exactly is the threat that is threatening this world, but just a bunch of wild stuff is going on UFOs and people with blue faces and walking mushrooms. It's all just random problems.
2: Yeah. But we, you know, we're led to understand that the alien stuff is just on the back burner. So now we're finally getting it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything interesting to say about Peaceful Rest Valley before we get to the other side? There's,
1: there's a cameraman. A, yeah, there's a oh, photo yeah. op if you explore enough.
0: This cameraman is a trap. When I, I swear, I mean, I can't prove this, but it has happened to me every time. If you go far enough off the beaten path to activate that camera point, then there will always be a territorial oak on Whoa. your way back. I, Can you deny this? No. I
2: don't think that's true, but I'll let you have this one.
1: It's I mean, worth it, though.
0: Show me a counterexample. Uh, they, I, I've seen it every time, and I was dreading it this time. Like maybe, I should get this camera, uh, this picture taken of me, but I know there will be a Territorial Oak on my way back, but I guess I'll do it for the podcast. <laughs> I get my stupid picture taken. I go back, and there's a Territorial Oak um i think i was able to outrun that one or make it despawn but uh, i wasn't able to successfully despawn all the territorial oaks and i got my head handed to Mm. me it's i i I dislike these guys enough to always try to despawn them whereas i'm trying to actually play the game and battle guys but i don't i have no time for these oaks
2: there's so many other guys to fight you can just let these ones go
0: then there is a cave. I wonder what the deal is with there being these little transition caves in between everything. Hmm. Is it just because they don't want to? I mean, like you could just walk off the map, like you do from Monet to Tucson, but it seems like they. Where else do they have you walk off the map like that instead of going into a tunnel, or, um, like taking a vehicle? Maybe they never do. Maybe Onettetusen is the only map connection hmm. like that. I think it. I think that might be right. That might be the only one. Hmm. And so, I guess they just don't like having the maps cut off like that. And so they want; they make you go through caves instead. Um, okay, then.
1: Well, caves are fun. Are they? Some are. <laughs> Depends on who's bonds are in fine. there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, is this the one where there's a bunch of coil snakes for no reason? Mm one of the caves off of happy happy village has coil snakes and it's like what are you guys doing here <laughs> i believe it's the one we're going to get to in a minute okay then i come out of the cave and the music has turned weird and i'm in a weird place where everything is blue
2: i'd forgotten that this music was cool and like unique to this place until i played it again I'm like oh yeah right
1: yeah it is cool
2: it feels very claustrophobic Mm. Uh, everything's blue, kinda, here. Yes. Uh, I don't think we'd gotten any. We, we'd previously been aware that there was a happy, happy cult, but I don't remember if the game tips the hat that their deal is that everything is blue.
1: Yeah, I don't think they explicitly say that, do they? Because it's I... there's a lot of people that talk about blue, maybe, but they. I don't. think
0: there might be one person in Tucson who says. It seems like everyday Happy Happy Village gets more and more blue. Hmm. Do you get it?
1: <laughs> and you don't get it yet.
0: And yeah, yeah. I think that's what happens. That sounds um, right.
1: There's so many good foreshadowing and, moments like that.
0: Right? Um, contrary to the the point I was making about backtracking where it seems like, you know, what what's unrealistic about the no backtracking model is that everything is just happening in a self-contained way. There's just sequence, sequence, or module, 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 uh, with no connections. Uh, Contrary to that, the people in the game, the text, is very aware of what's happening elsewhere in the game. And so you get that kind of interconnectedness without having to walk everywhere. People in Happy Happy Village are creepy. Yeah! Mm. This place is great. They talk about how a car painter is a genius, a prophet, a messiah, receiving holy messages and saving everyone, but also like hypnotizing everyone. One guy like admits that uh, car painter is like able to hypnotize people with his voice.
2: There's a lot of goofy stuff here. You get, uh, there's a woman, who when you first walk in, she runs up and accosts you, kind of like an enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and she wants a donation to protect the world from contaminants.
0: That's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if
2: you pay her, she'll give you a postcard, which is useless. Uh, if you don't pay her, she will then follow you around as you walk around the town.
0: I think... Maybe this is a false memory or something I read from someone who made this up. That using the postcard causes you to become homesick.
1: I, 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 don't, I, I know it says, if you look at it, it says you feel sad. But
0: but it doesn't inflict homesickness uh, on you? I don't
1: know if I used it.
2: I'm investigating. Okay. Uh No. It does not actually inflict yeah. the status. It just gives you a message that says that. Okay. You felt sad and empty.
0: I wonder... (laughs) (laughs) jeez, Why? I wonder if I coincidentally became homesick right after that and created this memory for myself. Um, There are enemies running around this town and not in the Onette Tucson way where they're on the fringes of town. They are just running through the main street, so to speak, and attacking you. And everything is, like, the the people there are not helpful like they are in a normal town. The, what else was I going to say? I guess it's mostly just due to the way enemies are treated. That this becomes, like, the dungeon town that people talk about sometimes. Hmm. People are like, wouldn't it be cool for an RPG where one of the towns is a dungeon? And that's kind of what's going on here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What other ways is the town, like, hostile? There's The a- guy at the hotel says, you know, like, any everyone's allowed to stay here for free, but if you're not a member of our religious group, then you have to pay $50, hmm. which is the same as a normal hotel, but it, the way it's framed makes it hostile.
2: There's a uh, shop out on like a blanket where oh, yeah. you can just go up and take what you need and leave the money. But the game gives you the option to leave whatever amount of money you wish. And so you can just walk up and fill your pockets full of eggs (laughs) and then walk away without paying. And then your only downside is there's a man watching who, if you go talk to him after that, says, I saw you steal and then he fights you.
0: Wow. Uh, and then oh, get, he doesn't come after you? You have to actually talk to him? You
2: have to go talk to him, and then he'll fight you, wow. and then he'll be like, well, you may have beaten me, but I know what you did, and you'll feel bad about it forever. <laughs> and I don't feel bad, because then I walked around with my pocket full of fresh eggs, which is an interesting <laughs> item. Yes. Because mm. the fresh egg, you could use it right away and eat it and recover some health. Or, if you wait and walk around, eventually the egg will hatch and become a chick
0: okay yeah. ch- that's not interesting the chick
2: can be used to cure homesickness Aww. no way so then you ask zach why wouldn't you ha- always have chicks in your pocket well <laughs> the thing is is eventually a chick becomes a chicken and the chicken if you use it it just runs away oh so what good is that you say well you already know the answer you're you're just playing you're, you're being polite and you're letting me say this and i appreciate you letting me <laughs> say this um you can sell them so you can get a whole bunch of eggs for free turn them into chickens mm-hmm. the chickens sell for like 112 dollars a pop yeah uh so you can make a bunch of money this
1: way so you can become a chicken farmer in and yeah game and just quit your regular journey and
2: it's stardew valley now <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, but how many chickens were you actually able to do at a time given that there's a bunch of other stuff in your inventory mm.
2: i think i only did like four wow okay um, and you do get a very cute, like as they hatch, you get the cheap, cheap sound Yeah, and yeah. then you eventually get like a, a, a chicken clucking sound when they, when they eventually become full chickens. It's cute. It's awesome.
1: I wonder if it's, I wonder how obvious it is to most people that like, you should check your inventory when that happens. Cause I remember like when that first happened to me, I had no idea what it was. Um, but it's nice no, that they I, have I, a little I... audio cue. <laughs>
0: It, it is a little audio cue, but it doesn't really, like, that could be anything yeah. if you haven't checked your inventory in a while. I think what's supposed to happen is you check your inventory for something else, and there's a chicken there yeah. where what used to be an egg. Yeah.
2: It's
1: so funny. It's
2: there's awesome. definitely, at some point you do just get a fresh egg. I think this first, I, I first ran into this, like, later in the monkey cave, I think. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, then the fresh egg becomes a liability. But That's right. We'll, we'll get that to later. that. Um, was there anything else I wanted to say about this town?
2: There's just a lot of weirdos around. Um, a lot of people that are... let's talk about the the cult. Yeah.
0: Happy happy Happyism is the belief that the world will be happy, everything will be fine if we paint everything blue. And people chant, blue, blue. And you can go into the central church of Happy happy Happyism, and it's full of, like... A hundred dudes in their blue hoods, st- walking in place, chanting blue, 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 blue. It's really creepy.
1: Yeah, that's a great moment.
2: I love that as like a mini dungeon of sorts. A one room dungeon? A yeah. one room dungeon where it's the walls and the barriers are just crowds is yeah. uh, particularly cool.
1: It's kind of like a block pushing puzzle except with people. Gosh. To know who moves out of the way and who, who have, yeah. you have to fight.
0: <laughs> and uh, there it's, geez, it, it's, it's even the dungeon in terms of having some items strewn around that you can pick up. Yeah. And the, uh, the like, good point. Yeah.
2: You have to find the people that are walking slightly out of step, and they're the ones that are not so enraptured in prayer that they can't be either reasoned with or fought. Mm-hmm. essentially yeah. um and you get some very very good jokes of a whole lot of people that are uh their heads not in the game for various reasons there's a <laughs> a, a cultist who is chanting green green because he didn't get the memo
0: <laughs> there's a guy who says blue blue because he's trying to whistle because i've heard that whistling makes one smile <laughs> Uh, and then just a lot, and then just a lot of folks that'll fight you. Uh, you get who you, says it makes me smile all the while in this game.
1: Hmm.
2: In this room, you get uh, one of a couple times where the game says, "Don't go to heaven."
1: Oh yeah, that yes, is, that's very intense. Because you know what the they're best. trying to say.
0: Yeah, I figured it out even as a kid. Yep. <laughs> It's Paula's mom who says, whistle, whistle anywhere. It makes me smile all the while. And Hmm. then so you hear that from Paula's mom before you rescue Paula. Then you find this other guy who says, I'm trying to learn how to whistle. I heard that whistling makes you one smile. Ah, they must be
1: acquaintances. Continuity.
0: Yeah. Um, Then one weird person says, blue, blue. I say arm the torpedoes full speed ahead or something like that. So now I'll crush you. What is going on?
1: These are intense people.
0: That's some weird writing. Yeah. Uh, only these, like, I mean, not only, well, all these guys in here are dressed in blue. For some reason, a bunch of people out in the town are not dressed in blue. Hmm. They did not have, they did not want to make blue sprites of people in civilian garb that you can talk to i guess um yeah maybe it's enough that they just say blue. This. blue. <laughs> yeah i guess well there's like <laughs> they haven't graduated to third level happy happyism yeah, that, where you don the blue garments that's what i was
2: gonna say is it's like there's definitely an implication that getting into the center building means you've like ascended to a higher stage of it
0: mm. and but you've it, become so brainwashed that now you're willing to fight teams yeah who interrupt right. you
1: It's also a bigger shock when you walk in there and there's like a hundred people who all look the same and they're doing their prayers and it's creepy.
0: I, I was thinking a lot about how this is presented because like what the source material is for this and how much it is a cartoony version of something that would be presented as much scarier in like the whatever movie or TV show the writers had watched before this, or if um, you're looking at like real life cults, or if you're looking at goofy versions of cults on TV and doing a goofy version of a goofy version. It's, it's odd because I can't, can't really put my finger on. I feel like I've seen cult episodes of TV shows before, but nothing that, would work as a uh a, a source for this
2: well like uh you know with the understanding that you know i don't i don't think anybody on this podcast is an expert on japanese cults mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know but they're just like any place on the world there is a like tradition of cults in japan uh, I'm actually going to open up. I have the Legends of Localization book here because they quote specifically that this is probably happy. Happyism is probably a play on the happy science religious movement from the 80s in Japan. Okay. Mm. Um, which was I, I won't read it all, but it's about like creating happiness, world happiness across all axes, and it's like very much a actual cult that does actual bad cult things hmm. to this day. Um, so in this specific case, they're probably lampooning that in name, though probably, you know, they're, they're not actually a cult that worships the color blue or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's silly. This is, they're having fun with it. Hmm. Um, you know, but the idea of in this video game, like, this is a modern day RPG. And so they have to come up with interesting modern day scenarios for each little town you go to each little vignette you get each episode and the idea of doing like a modern day cult is fun in that way yeah, it's yeah. Like <laughs> we can we, we can have a lot of fun and just write a bunch of goofy dialogue where everybody has their own thing they're getting out of this their own sense of fulfillment they're getting out of uh being part of this really stupid cult and uh, i think it's very successful in that you know yeah You get the man who is super jazzed that his wife returned to him. And then here in ten minutes when we beat Carpenter and everything goes back to normal, he's super jazzed that his wife left him. And like That's good. Mm. It's good. Mm. You you can just have you can have fun with it that way. So But it's interesting that like there's a bit of universality there where it's like, we're gonna draw from our the, the cult stuff in our background or in our backyard, but like ultimately it's kind of a mutual experience.
0: Hmm. I'm going to beat my way through this one room dungeon. And I'm going to go up to Painter's secretary's room. Where the guy behind <laughs> the desk says. I, I screamed. Because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> Which is you know put that on my tombstone honestly (laughs) the best writing in the game yeah then i go up the
1: stairs
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and you know what big twin peaks energy from that sentence
1: Hmm.
0: and this whole scene i think that um very good thank you for uh telling us about happy science zach because now we know what the source is but i think there's also a bunch of twin peaks going on in happy happy village
1: wait i i want to go back a little bit because okay, go back go back, you, go, back go back when you're outside his house there's a woman standing outside and if you talk to her she says you want to talk to mr Carpainter directly you must think you're pretty important and boy do you have a lot of nerve you deserve to be struck by lightning. Just wanted to inject that in there.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot that if you haven't played this, then that seems like a metaphorical statement.
1: Yeah, it seems really bizarre and funny like a lot of lines in this game. But perhaps Ooh. you'll understand momentarily what she's Weirdly talking specific. about. Yeah. yeah, it's like a weird, like insulting thing to say to some kid.
2: Well, you can go up those stairs past the past the receptionist who's bad at his job uh <laughs> and there's a man here this is carpenter this is mr carpenter and he is happy to see you and he knows kind of your deal and he invites you to join happy happyism and regardless of which choice you oh y'all y- y- critically critically behind him is the manny manny statue
0: mm. yes
2: uh which uh-huh. we hadn't been told is the manny manny statue yet at this point i don't think but it's the statue that liar exaggerate had in on it when we were there last um and then you have a conversation with car painter, and then regardless of which choice you make he tries well, to hold on
0: oh there's 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 two responses and there's two answers. Yeah. And I think there's a case study to be made here. <laughs> okay, okay. If you Go say you won't be his right-hand assistant, if he, he says, if you don't want to be my right hand, my left would be just fine. Just kidding. Your existence is a problem for me and my religion. Defy me and I'll end your pitiful game. Uh, another great sentence in Earthbound is, your existence is a problem for me and my religion. <laughs> yes. Um, but like... It's great writing all the way through. Wonderful. If you say yes, all he says is, "You fool! I have drawn you into my trap." You and can't win. Missed opportunity for writing something funnier there, um, but I, I, I think they expect a minority of players to say yes to Carpenter's
1: mm-hmm.
0: offer. Are, and Then the timelines the, converge. Yeah, they already used the
2: uh, "Come back after you finish Earthbound" joke, so <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: When he says, I'll end your pitiful game, is he talking about like this game? Or is he just saying, it's, you're playing a d- dumb game trying to like defeat me or meaning, something? Sarah. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, du bon tendre.
1: I, I took it very much to mean the game you're playing with your controller. And I mm. thought that was striking.
0: <laughs> He's he striking you with lightning.
1: It, yes, indeed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, big and, comedy lightning comes down from the sky and hits you, and you don't die. You get teleported to where there's a blue cow. There's <laughs> sure. a blue cow hanging out. There is
2: a blue cow.
1: That's very funny.
2: <laughs> they they painted the cow blue. Uh, and and Carpenter's speech is always move her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. um Yeah. He he can he can cheat. He cheated. Yeah. You didn't get to fight him.
0: How rude. How rude. I guess I'll just have to go into the cave to the east where there's moles and bats. No, I'm going to go into the cave to the north where there's snakes. And they run away from me because I'm so strong. I go all the way through the cave and I come out in friggin peaceful rest valley again oh no but here's that cabin that i heard about in that dream um
1: there's also a kid in town who tells you about the cabin oh yeah yeah the creepy kid with the hockey mask who's like inside of a fence
0: oh in in happy happy village right right yeah um who like says we we we're keeping paula in the uh cabin uh wait, you're with the Cole, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, oops.
2: Uh yeah, Paul is here. Uh, She's behind prison bars inside this cabin.
0: I just found in the text dump all the hint texts. Ah. Oh. And there's hints here for um <laughs> for like multiple steps that take place in Peace Forest Valley and Happy Happy Village. Like, if you really get stuck, you can walk back to Tucson <laughs> and get a hint from the hint guy. Walk back through Peaceful Rest Valley and apply what you've learned for paying $35 or whatever it is for a hint. Wow. $50. Is it 50 Well, I geez. think so. Does it go up as you go through the game? Oh, I don't
1: know. Last time I tried it, hmm. it was 50 I don't think it does, but
2: I have not tried very
0: much. Uh, you know what? In the text dump, it says dollar sign and then money in bracket or angle huh. brackets so it must be variable or it's a variable that never changes that's fair. anyway there's a cabin and you can hear uh, uh, something we should should not blow by is how paula's dream says she can hear water running nearby mm. and in peace forest valley you can hear water running there's some diegetic sound that they don't normally do and so it's a clue and Mm -hmm. you also see this cabin on your way through Peaceful Rest Valley the first time and the fact that it's north of you might lead you if you use spatial reasoning to try the north passage out of town and indeed you will reach the cabin in this way and inside the cabin is little girl
2: it's Paula. <laughs> I've seen that sprite before. I named this character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you can talk to her through the bars. And she gives you some plot. Uh, A little
1: bit terse, but yeah.
2: She, well, you can try and open the door to the cell, but she doesn't have the key. She says Carpenter has the key. You need to go fight him. But by the way, I don't know if you already know this, but he can shoot lightning. It's messed up. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she has a solution to this problem, and she gives you uh, maybe the most famous item in the Earthbound series, uh, the Franklin Badge. Uh, Franklin Badge is not an equipable item. It is an item that sits in your inventory that, in this game, specifically reflects lightning. Which Does is it do something else in other games? In Earthbound Zero, it reflects psychic beam... And I think in Mother 3, it reflects the Psychic Special ability. Um, Um, Functionally, the same idea. Okay. It's just, and, like, in all three games, it has a plot purpose, essentially. There's some kind of plot fight that is involved. Mm -hmm. Um, Ah, okay. But they just change which spell it is. Despite the fact that, like, the whole premise is that, according to the, like, flavor text in Earthbound Zero, that this is uh folk, folklore says that this was the badge that Benjamin Franklin wore when he was uh flying a kite in a lightning storm
0: and hmm. the beam power in Earthbound 0 is like lightning themed right no
2: there's actually a, is, a PK thunder exists in Earthbound 0 so i don't know why what on earth yeah that's a that's a we got to talk about that game sometime hmm. soon weird <laughs> I, I got the, i got things to say about that game <laughs> um yeah, famous item of Earthbound, Franklin Badge, is here. I have two of these. I think they make they they at various times have made physical like merchandise of the Franklin Badge. Um, it's a physical item you can own, and I think I have two of them. I think I got one with the Mother Three Box Set, and my sister gave me one at one point. Uh, they're cute. It just got the little Mother logo on it and says Franklin Badge on it.
1: Cool.
0: I wouldn't want my Franklin Badge to have the Mother logo on it. Because I I want to believe that it's the Franklin badge. And they wouldn't know about the mother logo in mm. the universe.
1: Well, they do know about Earthbound in the universe.
0: Wait, that's true.
1: <laughs> Dang.
0: Okay, I'll buy it. Uh,
2: Yeah, with this, uh, now you can take Carpenter
0: on. Yeah, I'll go back to the cult headquarters. And I'll walk through those guys again. I'll watch that guy scream again and go up the stairs again. <laughs> then... I'll have the same conversation with car painter, but when he lightning bolts me, the Franklin badge reflects the lightning, and a normal battle begins, and it becomes kind of a dumb battle because, <laughs> like the it, it, what's cool is the Franklin badge actually works in the battle; it reflects the crashing boom bang attack, but. That means like all the either he's wasting his turns, making it reflect onto him or he's using paintbrush attacks, which aren't as scary. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, it's good. It's it's satisfying that you get to cheese through this boss fight because you have the plot item.
1: It yeah, sense. it's a story fight.
0: And when you defeat him, he said he goes back to normal and he says, do you see the mani mani set behind me? Since I got the statue, I have been doing peculiar things. Please forgive me if you can. I just wanted to have a normal life. I apologize to everyone. Here is the key to open the jail in the mountain cabin where Paula is being held. Take the key and go. Your backpack is full. You should take this even if you need to throw away one of your items. What really sticks with me is when he says, I just wanted to have a normal life. Hmm. What was going on in his life that when the Mani Manti statue showed up and he was like, Well, maybe if I start a cult and get everyone to paint the town blue, I can finally have a normal life?
1: So, you know how things can snowball out of control sometimes.
0: I guess, but we're <laughs>
2: definitely missing a few steps. Yeah. So, okay, I did something this playthrough that I don't think I've ever done before. And after I beat Carpenter and finished my business in Happy Happy Village, I went back to On It. Um and went to see liar exaggerate. Oh yeah, I oh. did this too. Okay, so you got the message that he liar will be like, oh yeah, I sold that statue to some guy, uh, who was really enthusiastic. And the, the quote I have is, is, "Someone whose mania affected him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's a sucker for sentiment. Hmm. Which like implies well, to me that carpenter was like
0: itching to start a cult or something. I think there's more than one thing going on here okay because car painter sorry liar exaggerate says i i'm you know i'm a sucker for sentiment it's not because i needed the money and because of who liar is i think we're supposed to understand mm-hmm. that he actually did do it out of desperation for the money but the fact that he mentions the person's mania a strange choice of word um does make me think that it's Carpainter, and maybe we're supposed to understand that he had that kind of animal magnetism that was able to affect uh liar, even though supposedly or like I think we're meant to understand that the Mani Mani statue is what gave Carpainter that ability to hypnotize people. Ah. So it's it's confusing. I'm not sure there's an easy answer to what's going on here because any explanation seems to have something to contradict it. There's, there's room to fill in the blanks here. It's fun. But yeah, the, the Mani Mani statue. I want to uh, do a little bit of interpretation here. It seems to be uh, in the role of a Jungian shadow. It is. It shows up first as uh, something that is being pulled up out of the ground. And so we can think of it as a repressed force Hmm. that has become manifest and it's going to, or it already is now following nest as he goes on his adventure, this Hmm. evil thing that basically showed up from underneath his house, kind of Hmm. underneath his neighborhood. Um, it appeared as soon as his adventure started and it keeps showing up on his adventure, like a shadow would, Hmm. um, but I guess that's all I'll say about it now. Once you have defeated Painter, knocked some sense into him, uh, the whole town wakes up and it, like <laughs> the secretary downstairs is, is speechless. He doesn't know what to do except to say that you're awesome. And the cult headquarters has cleared out except for a few guys who haven't taken off their masks yet. And they're just walking around kind of in a daze. Wow we really wow they're kind of hung over
2: if you go back out uh the lady who previously was accosting you will then accost you again to apologize which is yes. cute
1: character <laughs> um, continuity
2: The you get a we weird...
0: forgot something what did we forget didn't we probably when we first meet paula we leave the house pokey is there <laughs> we did skip right over says, that we were so
2: excited <laughs> to fight carpenter we forgot
0: yeah that's funny um uh, no, uh, Pokey is there, and he says that Carpenter has made him an important person within Happy Happyism. And then he sicks a couple of cultists and a crow on you, or is it a couple of crows and a cultist? I think it's two cultists no, it's, because it's, yeah. uh, it can be a rough fight. Um, these crows showing up out of sequence is really irritating because when those crows were stealing cookies from me, it was a minor inconvenience. When they steal my croissants from me, it's really irritating.
2: Look who's buying croissants. <laughs> Fancy.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I'm done with hamburgers. My goodness. I've moved on. Got- I wonder, I, are these croissants like sandwiches? Like mm. croissants with stuff in them? Because I've always thought of them as plain old pastry. Me too. But Can I say s- recover more HP than a hamburger.
2: Can I say that, you yeah. know, I, play, I played this game when I was very young, right? And a lot of these words in this video game, I was <laughs> reading for the first time. And when you read something for the first time, you don't know how to pronounce it. So I definitely, for a number of years, uh, said the word croissant. Okay. <laughs> uh, as opposed to the word croissant. That's my story.
1: That makes sense. <laughs>
0: And I was a very precocious child. I played this game at the age of two, and I was kind of the opposite of your experience. I was saying croissant and really irritating my friends, who <laughs> thought that it was a disgusting affectation. But I grew out of it eventually. Yeah. By the time I was three, I just said croissant like a normal person.
2: Yeah what were we talking about oh but pokey yeah this is where we start to get pokey's whole deal where his plot will intersect with us throughout the game and you can tell right away that his thing is he's trying to acquire power he's trying to
0: acquire power and he shows up in the same places as the Mani Mani statue yes um maybe not exactly the same places but uh like the Mani Mani statue and Pokey are both fulfilling that recurring bad guy role mm. that RPGs love to do. And it's interesting that there's a a doubling there. Uh there the force of evil that shows up everywhere is bifurcated and has two ways of imposing problems. Mm. When you defeat Car Painter and you you've talked to the guys in the headquarters who are now they've woken up when you come out of that building pokey is there and he says oh what a nightmare and he's kind of acting like he too has woken up from this bad dream but then he reveals that "Ah, actually i'm still bad and while we're you know going back to something that we said before about like the nature of evil and whether people are inherently good or like if the bad things people do make them bad um the bad things that people in happy happy village have done they kind of are able to shake off as soon as this influence is gone but uh pokey isn't affected that same way uh his badness comes from within deep down where there is a rotten core
1: whoa yeah
0: when he leaves if you're tracking the Manimani Mani statue uh like <laughs> pokey runs out of town you can go back in the building and the Manimani Mani statue is still behind Painter. i feel like i i because i didn't go back to Onet until after i had uh beaten him i wish that there was a you know i wish that i could teleport to liar exaggerate's house whenever i wanted and check exactly when the Mani Mani statue mm-hmm. leaves his possession.
2: Hmm. My my intuition on this is that it's pretty minimally implemented where it's just like, okay, if you get to the next place where it's at, it's going to disappear from the previous place. Prob- I guess, but I still want to know.
1: Yeah, I wonder.
2: Yeah, I, I and at some point it will disappear from here. And I think Carpenter comes up outside at some point. I feel like I've seen him outside. Hmm um so at some point the status will change here uh there's actually there's actually one other thing that changes here in peaceful rest valley um and i don't know when those changes happen but it'll happen at some point by the time we hit the next part where the manny manny statue shows up surely um okay. can i mention before this i forget oh, what oh, else
0: changes in peaceful rest valley i was
2: gonna say uh we forgot to mention that there was one house in town that never changed it was not blue. Okay. Mm. There is a yeah. red house. And if you knock on the door of the red house, uh, somebody says something in a, uh, a funny font about, like, hello, what's going on? How's it going? And uh, uh, spoilers for later in the game uh, that's a Mr. Saturn who lives here. And at some point later in the game, you can come back here and go inside that house.
1: Wow.
0: Uh, but. And you I don't can't know what triggers Right that. after you beat Painter. I don't know what triggers it either because I've only done it in like the very final part of the game. It might be just that actually. I don't It might be. But since I need to come back here and check for the Mani Mani statue during the next like six episodes of this game, and why don't I do that? I'm gonna do that. Yeah. It might sure. just be the post game actually now that I think about it, but I don't I don't remember Well I'm going to I'm going to check a bunch of times and okay. waste a bunch of my <laughs> own time okay.
2: finding out. Fair. Um, well, everything is still blue in town, uh, but what the game does is really cute, where you have to go pick up Paula, um, and we're gonna go do that, but then when we come back from picking up Paula, everybody had that time that you were doing that to paint everything back to normal.
0: It's cute. It's funny.
2: I like it, I like it. It's like, oh no, we had to, obviously we weren't gonna immediately paint it after you fought the boss, we have to wait till you walk away a couple screens before we're able to accomplish it. I like it let's go get paula finally you can go back you can unlock you have the key to the not to the shack key to cabin yeah um unlock there she comes out uh she mentions that uh had you not shown up she simply would have had to bust herself out of there because she has some pretty deadly magic i think is what she says which is a funny phrase
0: um oh yeah yeah the fr- when you f- meet her the first time, she says, if you didn't come, I would have had to try to bust out of here. Later on, she says she has some psychic powers that are actually pretty deadly, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i it- be able to use a little psychic power that is actually pretty deadly. Um, enjoy Paula's characterization here <laughs> while you can. Uh-huh. Uh, I think
2: it's cute. I think it's a, it sounds like something a a little kid would say to, like, impress somebody, not really knowing what yeah. that <laughs> means exactly. Um, yeah, you get Paula. She's at level one, uh, though, which is a bit of a problem.
0: That is a yeah. bit of a problem.
1: I mean, thank goodness she has that teddy bear, but it's still not oh, yeah.
0: enough. Starting her out with a teddy bear is a genius yes. move. I feel Holy like cow.
1: maybe that's where the origin of the teddy bear came from is just needing something, <laughs> something. It's its so perfect that it fits her and it, it really helps at this point in the game.
2: Yeah. I also think that's why there are snakes and crows in this
0: area. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: At least you can get out of in back into town <laughs> easily.
0: And you can like level Paula up the first couple levels by killing crows. I like snakes are a terrible choice for that because they're one XP each, but, but
2: that's uh, a safe option,
0: a very safe option. Uh huh. I don't want to watch the playthrough of the person who tries to level up Paula (laughs) by killing snakes.
1: That's
0: one XP increments, Zach. Yeah. Uh, There's a better option. though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to that other cave I was talking about. There's a like happy, happy cultist who stands outside and he's like, that place beyond here, it won't turn blue. It's a strange place. I forget exactly what he says, but like, the, somehow this cave resists the blue influence. We can't paint it, maybe because there are monsters inside that will bite us. Mm. <laughs> uh, go in there and there's a mole playing rough who you can defeat easily and uh, Paula will level up real fast
2: we got to talk about this guy at some point but maybe not this time but the mole playing an important character in this video game
0: don't wait till later start oh. talking about
2: oh it. he just shows up in a million different places and it's like a weirdly pre- it's a character it's, it's an enemy that's in it's here it's in the desert it's in somewhere else I don't remember third place. I thought we talked about this. I thought there was a third place. I'm gonna investigate. When we meet him in the desert, I'll have
0: more to talk about this man. Okay. Uh, uh and there's also like I think some old playing rough and the bats can both size up the situation and confuse themselves. <laughs> so a bunch of the a bunch of the enemy turns here in this dungeon consist of the enemy inflicting a status condition on itself and so it's a good place to level up a character who starts at level one of course they didn't need to make paula start at level one this is a choice Mm. and i think it makes i i think it makes paula more interesting than if she showed up at level 13 or 16 or whatever ness is um and you could just start using her normally. Um, you by leveling up Paula a little bit, you like earn her as a useful uh, party member, and you appreciate her a lot more. You also get the joy of like seeing her learn all her psychic techniques yeah. that uh, otherwise, if she just had them, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'll use those." The problem is it's not really clear or at least it hasn't been to me when I play when it's enough, when Paula can actually pull her own weight. And so I remember on at least one playthrough, I tried to get her really close to Ness's level. Of course, she can never get all the way up to his level. Um, And that was a waste of time. If you get Paula up to like level 10 and Ness is at level 16, you're going to be fine.
2: It's also that, like, in this game, you have the first three characters all start at level one
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: as, like, a stylistic choice. It's like, they, these these characters are at like, the start of their journey. Uh, and yeah, they're just ha- little kids. That's handled in different ways. And then you get the fourth character, Pooh, in this game who uh, starts at a higher level to, like, flag that this character is actually much cooler. He's mm-hmm. the cooler, older teen, or whatever. <laughs> that's a good point. So we get this, like contrast the way they do this
0: yeah nice nice there are also bears in this dungeon and that's scary fighting a bear Yeah. but uh, this time around I was able to do like one psi freeze and one baseball bat was enough to take down any bear and I was like oh okay (laughs) they're not scary they're just bears
2: this Sanctuary Dungeon, because it's kind of one big room, is one I tend to just try and like breeze through as quick as possible, and then on the way back out, do a little bit of grinding. Mm. Mm.
1: I feel like it's easy to get lost in this cave. It's very winding.
0: There are a couple of dead ends.
1: And some treasures that you need to try to get.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's there's a... I might be reading into this a little too much but it seems like part of the way Paula is introduced is the way that she interacts with inventory limits because once you get Paula you have like 14 new slots for yeah. your inventory and uh, like this can't be possible but the way it felt as I was playing it was that Peaceful rest Valley had all these items that I couldn't afford to pick up because I didn't have the space. And then when I came back through with Paula, it's like, hey, now I can pick up this bomb. That'll come in handy. But I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to be using more items and having more empty space. But before we get back to Peaceful Rest Valley, we have to finish this dungeon. Uh, We don't really have to finish this dungeon. We can, in fact, skip it. But don't do that.
1: Things get weird if you do that. I know, yeah. because I just did it.
0: <laughs> ah! Do you want to talk about that?
1: Uh, sure. I, it was very weird, actually. I ran into a glitch. Um, really? Yeah. I, I kind of forgot what you're supposed to do, like, what order you're supposed to do things. I didn't even remember which cave was which. Um, <laughs> and I thought, like, well, I have Paula now. Let's bring her back to, uh, you know, her family. Yeah. Um, doesn't she say... Let's go back to Tucson. Um, I think so. I mean, Something like sense. that is, would and, be natural. Let's yeah. head back to Tucson. Yeah, and right it makes there. sense. <laughs> and like, if you walk in that cave, it's pretty hard. So it's reasonable to think that maybe you're supposed to come back, as long as you don't get far in enough that you're like, oh, there's a guardian here. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Um, yeah, so if you walk back and do some things in Tucson, which I, we don't have to do out of order, but. Um, if you do the rest of the other things you're supposed to do and then come back, what happened was, um, the overworld enemies disappeared. And yeah. I, you, you walk back to, uh, through Peaceful Rest Valley, there's no enemies. And then mm-hmm. you go back through the cave and there's no enemies except for the, mm-hmm. the mole. Uh, spoiler, there's Mondo mole. Um, yeah. And then, uh, if you fight and lose, there's a glitch where you you just get a black screen when you die.
0: Whoa, <laughs> weird!
1: I looked this up afterwards because I was like, "Why were I?" I thought, "Oh, they just cleared the enemies because like everyone's back to normal and things are no longer blue, and so it makes sense that now every like even the enemies are gone, like all these animals and trees." Um Yeah, it's been a while since I played this game, uh, now, but yeah, it was on. it made sense like. At the time, and then I realized after reading about it that it was just a glitch.
0: What, sorry if I missed this, what inspired you to go back to this dungeon at that point where the enemies were all gone?
1: Uh, realizing that I did that. Okay, it was not the wrong like the order. game
0: said, hey, go. <laughs> yeah, you can't leave until you do I, this. Okay. I
1: didn't want to get on a bus to another city before going back to that cave.
0: All right. Speaking of going back to that cave, let's go back to that cave yeah. and finish it properly. There's a mole. It's Mondo Mole, the Such second cool Sanctuary Guardian. It's a really cool guy. Uh, one of the better sprites in terms of being a giant mole who appears to have like blood dripping down its chin. Oh, man. <laughs> and can be a very tough fight uh but also has a critical weakness that can turn him into a very trivial fight.
1: Yeah, I guess find if, it. You, if
0: you if yeah, if you try everything or if you read a guide, you'll find out that he's susceptible to paralysis and then you can paralyze him and then he's he can't do much of anything. He can cast shields on himself, but those only hold off the inevitable as you completely murderate him.
2: Yeah, the game doesn't flag, it, does, it doesn't It does really go out of its way to teach you that some of the status effect abilities you have are pretty good on the right yeah. enemies. Mm. Um, it's mitigated a little bit later by uh, eventually getting the ability to spy on people, but like, that's not quite the
0: solution, but you know, this isn't too hard of a game in the first place. So. Hey, speaking of special abilities, let's talk about Paula's prey ability.
1: Mm.
0: She can pray. And
1: it has
0: random effects. Yeah, yeah.
1: I forgot it was random effects. Small
0: (laughs) animals. What did you think it was?
1: Well, it was was healing for a while, so I thought it was that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I don't remember all that it does, but yeah, it can heal you a little bit, or it can heal everybody a little bit, or heal someone a lot, or it can actually do bad things to you. There can be, like, dazzling light that Makes everybody cry. Is that right? There's Something a like yeah. That.
2: I'm looking at a list. There's the, a, a lot of the status effect ones are just just affect all enemies and party members. They can mm. make them cry. Yeah, yeah. You can make them confused, defense lowered, sleep, a lot of healing. Mm. Um, there's a rare one where it's a full heal for everybody on both sides.
1: Wow.
0: Whoa. Um, yeah. It's uh, a, like it it really sets Paula up as the psychic kid as opposed to Ness who's the kind of the generic kid mm-hmm. uh for Paula to have a special ability where she prays and like i don't have notes on the treatment of like spirituality in this game except that what we've learned about the happy happiest cult i guess um so i i guess i should pay more attention to like whether we can consider that this game has an idea of a god or some figure who is like guiding our heroes hmm. however i do want to point out in specifically in the twin peaks movie firewalk with me laura palmer's struggle is depicted in spiritual terms and with a lot of angel imagery and I think a fair amount of praying or uh, adjacent behavior. And so I, I, I have very little. This is a really tenuous theory that I have that Paula is supposed to be a version of Laura Palmer.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, but the fact that she can pray, I think, is a point in favor of that theory.
1: Yeah, she's definitely a character everyone's talking about and everyone likes.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I, I can see some of that. When you defeat the mole, you pass through, you exit the cave, and you reach Lilliput Steps, which is another... your sanctuary location. It's just a... Uh, it's so hard to explain what these places are, and we didn't talk enough about Giant Step when we got there. Like... It's it's a very peaceful place. They're letting us know that with the light and the sound. Yeah. You're having a spiritual experience when you reach this location. But why it's a big old step or a bunch of little steps in the ground, it's like, what does that mean? What does mm-hmm. that resemble? Where does that come from? What is that supposed to make me feel? Hmm. The First thing that I can think of is like kind of tourist trap locations (laughs) where there is this rock that looks like an old man's face and pay 30 bucks to stand on this balcony where you can see it from the right angle. Hmm. And it like, is that like the kind of energy that I'm supposed to get to it of just like there's this weird natural phenomenon that when you go there you experience a connection to the earth
2: i think so i think that's what they're going for and i think we can read okay. that based on the fact that th- this one specifically right it's this lilliputian steps um that's um that's don Quixote, right
0: no it's no it's a no, uh, gold travels.
2: travels that's right um it's like this very folklore situation where it's like ah you know this is just a place we found these tiny little things it might be foot's footprints you know the first one was also a a big footprint it's Mm -hmm. like is this bigfoot's footprints whose (laughs) footprint is this we don't know um i didn't think of it so much in terms of tourist trap until you said that but it is kind of just that um Uh, Or mystery spots. Mystery spots and folklore. Magnetism doesn't work
0: right here. This spot is
2: always raining for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This
2: fountain is creamy and weird.
1: (laughs) It's not tourist spots because you don't pay $30 to see it. You have to go on a journey. You have to be tried. You have to go through a trial and put in effort and travel there. And no one else is there. You've you've made this journey and you...
0: Earned it.
2: It's very it's, folklore. It's very yeah. it's, magical uh, realism.
0: Experience that the tourist trap promises but can't deliver on. Yeah. When you hear about there's this place in Wisconsin where magnetism is backwards, you're like, gosh, I have to go there. I, I'm going to have this journey and like reach this magical place in the world. And in your mind, you're going out there to have the experience that Ness has where he reaches this spot and he, like, has this sublime experience mm. where he realizes something about himself and he yeah. becomes more connected to the Earth. And it's almost like this this p- whole part of the game is inspired by a disillusionment mm. with something similar to that in real world. And Itoi is like, what if what if visiting a mystery spot was really like what I wanted it to be in my head? Hmm. And you know what?
1: Hmm.
0: Assuming that that's, I'm I'm (laughs) assuming a lot when I interpret it that way. But if you interpret it that way, then Itoi is doing something really cool with disillusionment where instead of expressing that disillusionment in like a a way where i'm going to make a piece of art that just describes how disappointing the world is he says i'm going to make a piece of art that among other things shares an experience that something that i saw in my mind that wasn't in the real world and i'm going to try and put that into the real Mm. world
2: yeah at no point is it trying to say like this is realism um talking about this reminded me of the video game illusion of gaia where similar to er, are superficially similar to earthbound you're going place to place on like a pretty linear journey um like collecting it might actually be songs i don't remember but you're like going to area to area collecting like power from the places you go to but in that game the places you're going are like uh like like ver fantasy versions of like the wonders of our like earth like the Mm -hmm. like the the natural not natural wonders of the world but like man-made wonders of the world so it's Mm -hmm. like the the, there's a giza pyramids level there's a nazca lines level there's a Mm -hmm. uh uh uh, 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 great wall of china level anchor wad is Mm -hmm. a level and so like that one's funny because it's doing the same thing but it's on like a historical sense um yeah yeah. and it's all these real world locations whereas here it's not real world it's not Mm -hmm. meant to be anything specific it's meant to be more elemental
1: well these places are also not it's not like you're going to towns and they're saying hey you should really check out this spot out in the beyond this cave you yeah know, but people are always talking about the next town or somebody you know a bad person in town and you find these places on your own so they're kind of just like hidden gem areas rather than popular I know places i
0: i want to draw a different connection or comparison than the mystery spot i want to talk about what foreign people think that everybody in the u.s does which is go to the grand canyon hmm. uh, if you if you can imagine going to the grand canyon it's like i'm going to see this thing that expresses something about the earth that can't be put into words i'm going to go there and experience it for myself and I will have a personal experience of finally seeing this thing that no amount of verbal description or even photographs can convey. I have to be there for myself, and this will teach me personally something about the world. Then when you get there, sure, it's great, but there's a thousand other people (laughs) looking at the same great thing that you're looking at and taking a bunch of pictures and being noisy and you didn't have the sublime spiritual experience that you were expecting and so i think this is expressing that desire hmm. to finally go to a place and have the real personal experience grand canyon not Mystery Spot, or a combination of hmm. multiple influences
1: I bet if we looked into it, we could find a little bit of information about what these are about.
0: Yeah. But we can't right now. We're in the middle of recording a podcast. (laughs) That's so true. Should we get
2: back to town? Let's drag Paula
0: through Peaceful Rest Valley. I want to say this about Peaceful Rest Valley, now that we have Paula. I am, or Ness is higher level, but having Paula as an extra person makes peaceful rest valley a lot more manageable and i think the difficulty of peaceful rest valley might be overtuned for just this reason that mm. while you're alone it's like holy cow how am i supposed to get through here when there's two of you hey this is fine i uh, you know yeah all that is makes good sense.
1: although i will anyway. say if you try to go through it before you go into the cave it is a lot harder <laughs>
0: If before you what
1: if, if you if you go back to Tucson Oh before, before you, you level up go Paula. through the, yeah <laughs> it's a lot harder yes but yeah that yes. makes sense.
0: Back in Tucson, um, you're supposed to take Paula right back to her parents. It can be uh, easy to forget about this because it seems like there's a lot of people in Tucson that you want to connect with, but you gotta bring her to her parents first and. If this is a riff on Twin Peaks, then you get to have like the nice ending that Twin Peaks can't have where her parents are overjoyed that she's Mm -hmm. finally returned. Paula's mom
2: uh, will give you her very own handmade band aid, which is a full heal, full heal item that I will never use because I'm always saving it.
0: Well, it's a gift. The longer you go without using it the more useful it will be because that's right. as you level up it, it re- restores more and more hp so that's why you have it in the final battle and you can't bring yourself to use it that's right
2: hard. that's right <laughs>
0: um i since i'm looking at the text dump there's some cool text here for i think this is talking to yeah um one of paula's parents maybe her dad when paula or ness is fainted There's text here that says, oh, Paula, am I dreaming? I feel like she just came home. So that must be when Paula's ghost is behind you. Yeah, wow. And if you're Paula with Ness's ghost, it says, where's Ness? Isn't he here? I just wanted to thank him. You know, I bet he's the boy you dreamt would save the world. Huh. I have no idea, like, how many other characters have text based on who's currently conscious. I don't think that Maybe you'll find out. Not very many. Um, Once we've talked to uh, Paula's dad, then we can talk to Everdred, who wanted us to go find Paula and said that uh, we should come back to him. And also, if we come back to him before talking to the dad, then he tells us to talk to the dad first, I think.
2: Hmm. If you go talk to the dad, then one of his guys will
0: come outside of the uh, preschool and tell you. you to go there. Yeah. So I go to Everdred, and he... What does he say?
2: <laughs> he's mostly um, just happy to meet Paula. And also, he's
0: got some cash he can't hang on to right you now. You know what? Let me read this whole thing. Let's go. Because it's fantastic. I was going to ask you to be my partner. But I know you'll refuse. It's written all over your face. Um. Oh, wait. Hold on. There's some text here for if one or the other person is unconscious. Oh. Huh. Paula, I thought you were here with your little hero, the kid in the red cap. You seem cold. Weird. You seem cold? Yeah. Um, Or, I think this is for Ness by himself, I've heard that you've been pretty proud of yourself since you saved Paula's life. Think about it. You didn't actually save her. Come back when you've accomplished something.
1: Whoa. Right? He tells it like it
0: is. But if you come with both, then... He goes right into, I was going to ask you to be my partner, but I know you'll refuse. It's written all over your face. If you accept it, I was going to give you some money. Actually, I can't keep the money now anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give this to you. It's $10,000. Use the money any way you like. You cannot refuse my generosity. Just accept it. Now I plan on looking for the evil Mani Mani statue that Liar X Adre unearthed in Onet. Continuity. Continuity. I'll see you at another time in another space. Awesome.
2: Wow. I love that a wad of cash is $10,000 and takes up one inventory spot. (laughs) Ah. I love the item. The the, the way this game does items, again, I'm just, I love it. Well, everything is approximately the same size. It's great.
0: What I don't love about this is he says, I'm giving you $10,000, spend it however you want. But it doesn't enter your money, it enters your inventory as wad of bills. Now, maybe there's something in the description of the wad of bills, it's like, you can't spend this, hmm. it's, you know, hot or something, you'll get arrested. Uh, but it, I don't like the ludonarrative dissonance of, I've been handling dollar bills this whole game, and now when you hand me $10,000, I can't treat it as money a bundle of brand new
2: crisp bills Hmm. the art
0: for Ah. it from
2: the strategy guide has it bound
0: okay Hmm. maybe you can't figure out how to get that little
2: it's so hard and you don't have scissors
0: what am i gonna (laughs) you don't have a sword a lot of bills no it's i have a baseball bat
1: that's right um i mean if you hit it enough times you figure it out (laughs) It will
0: so, turn I think back to normal.
2: I think we have to briefly touch before we do the last thing, I think we have to briefly touch on something that we said we'd come back to to set up this final thing. Um okay. we never went to the bus depot last episode. Mm. Oh yeah, and I want this, this 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 Tucson has a bus depot, uh, which is like the only one in the game, but it's cute. Um there's a bus system in this game that we'll have more of a chance to talk about as we get to more towns where you can take the bus reliably. But everybody at the bus depot and lots of people in town will mention that you can't take a bus to Threed right now because the tunnel is infected with ghosts. I guess you would say haunted. That's the word for that. Not infected with ghosts. <laughs> haunted. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can uh, go to a bus sign, like a, like a bus stop, and the bus driver will pull up and say, well, I don't think we're going to make it there, but you can come aboard and we can give it a shot uh and you can give it a shot and you get to listen to the fun bus song as you we'll talk about that later as you drive the really long way there and then you try and get through and it you get right up to the end and it doesn't work and you turn back around because there's too many
1: ghosts yeah as promised Indeed.
2: there's a man over by the i think he's the one by the entrance to the tunnel who will mention that yeah. he got through because he was playing really loud music in mm-hmm. his car
0: a useful clue for the player who walks all the way down <laughs> there.
2: Yeah. Well, now with that information, we go back to the future where mm. we now have $10,000 and we're looking for somewhere to spend it. And the other place we hadn't gone to in town, really, is the Chaos Theater.
0: Wow. Like in Scott Pilgrim. That's right.
2: Mm. <laughs> you said it before I could, so that's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah. Uh, if you had happened to come over here before doing the last three hours of stuff we talked about, um, the there's, there's a band that plays here that we're going to talk about. They're the Runaway Five, and the two lead singers are hanging out, like, aside the building. And one of them says, hey, if you ever get Paula, you should bring her here. And so you do that, and you go talk to this man whose name is Lucky— and he is so jazzed to meet Paula that he will give you a backstage pass. I guess I skipped over the fact that there's not a way to get into the show without this backstage pass.
0: You can. I was about to say, like, it's possible to buy a ticket first and see the show without progressing the story. But that's not true. They're sold out all the time. You can't mm-hmm. get in.
2: You can try going to the department store to buy a ticket. They're sold out. You can try waiting in the queue with the person that loves the word Q. <laughs> um, you, that doesn't work. You can't... That, the, the game... The technology in 1994 did not allow you to wait in line to get a ticket.
0: <laughs> uh, so
2: this is how you have to do it.
0: You, With a backstage pass, you can, in fact, go in to see the show. And there's a lot of cool people at the show. Um, and there is... I want to point out one person uh very close to the stage is what looks like a middle-aged lady who says the Runaway Five are so sexy my husband definitely is in need of some help in that area (laughs) and like the fact that people are describing people as sexy in this game is a big deal to me I guess
2: (laughs) it comes up a few times
0: uh uh, the word "sexy" is in the text dump twice. Wow!
2: The other time is also connected to the other theater. So,
0: that's right. Um, um, there's a yeah, and Ness is, you know, kind of dipping his toe in adult waters. Uh, for a lot of people, your first show is a big deal. Mm. And this is uh, Ness's first concert at the Runaway Five. He arguably is not old enough. To be at this theater by himself with just his young lady, a um, But he is, and he's, you know, dealing with adult things suddenly.
1: He's got a pocket full of money.
0: That's right. There's a, good, That's what it takes. there's a good bit. There's a ton of
2: NPCs to talk to here, and they're all very cool and have their own little plots happening, and it's very fun. Shoutouts to the girl whose boyfriend did not get a ticket. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but if you go all the way through and you talk to every single person at the towards the very end, the far left of the room, there's a woman who will call you out and say, "You're just bouncing around talking to everybody, aren't you?" <laughs> uh, even if you didn't do that, but the game knows, the game understands that they presented you with an interesting situation where. Like Maybe you're not talking to everybody in the town as you're just wandering around, but you're definitely going to talk to everybody in this room, so uh, they completely get you on this one. It's great. (laughs) Uh, You're still waiting for the show to start. Um, There's a girl here who catches on to the fact that you have a backstage pass, and she says that Lucky wanted her to go backstage at some point, so she, like, borrows you and your backstage pass to get access to being backstage, which is good.
0: Yeah um it feels like like that's the only way you can get in there like you have to have this scene with this girl first in order to Mm uh just taking taking
2: the initiative Mm -hmm.
0: and once you finally get into the uh backstage room the green room i guess she says i'm so excited i might just wet myself my heart is going pitter patter uh There's some more bodily function stuff when um, the other woman right up against the stage says, sometimes I get sweat or spit on me from the Runaway Five. (laughs) There's also a guy who makes an overt fart joke, one of many in the game. A lot of body humor, gross humor going on here. (laughs) Yes. It's
1: a wild Uh, place.
0: It is. It's exactly like the Roadhouse from Twin Peaks. Mm. It's not exactly. I
2: was like gonna say broadcast. no. That's not.
0: That's not. That's not what happened, what's happening here. Um, you talk to the guys, and they give you some more um, uh, exposition about their predicament. Uh, they owe Mister Mo- Poochie Fudd the manager um, ten thousand dollars, huh? Ten thousand is the number of dollars. In that wad of cash that I got from the reggae guy. Perfect. But it's probably just a coincidence. Uh, I I don't know if. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. I I don't remember whether you have to talk to everyone in the backstage room to uh, be allowed to go back out and let the show start.
2: I don't think you have to talk you know? to, I don't think, my, my guess is you don't have to talk to everybody,
0: but I guess I don't know. Cause I do talk to everybody. Hmm.
1: Yeah. You got to talk yeah. to everybody. You're backstage.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it would be interesting to know what the gating is like, what they want to make sure you learn before you move on.
1: Yeah.
0: Cause like the $10,000 bit is kind of critical. Uh, Let's go outside. Let's watch the Runaway Five perform.
2: (laughs) So, I knew conceptually that this was a Blues Brothers thing, right? Yeah. Uh, These guys are the Blues Brothers. uh, Legally distinct, because in this localization, they changed their colors so that lucky and gorgeous are now mario colors mario and luigi colors oh they are
0: mario colors good point
2: um i'd never seen blues brothers uh so i watched it for this episode uh i've seen it like five times uh they used to just blow things up in movies man (laughs) yeah man like actual explosions they blew up so many cars in that movie it's fantastic um, I didn't realize how much the dancing in the, the show that The Runaway Five puts on here is just a Blues Brothers routine. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, that is just, that is the dances that they're, you know, that is a abstracted version of the dances that they do in that film.
0: And presumably on their really stage shows. It's wild.
1: I mean, there's only so um, much you can do with these little sprites.
0: You say that. But
1: <laughs> yeah, because I haven't seen the movie. Yet.
0: The I I think that your appreciation of the choreography in Earthbound will multiply if you've seen the choreography of the Blues Brothers, because it really is low resolution, just sprites with two tiles of animation moving around. But it's it really is aping the style of the Blues Brothers Mm. choreography, which they do because they're not like real dancers. (laughs) They do pretty simple stuff of just kind of like shimmying next to each other and then swapping positions and then shimmying next to each other. Uh, It really is matching their style in a really wild way when you consider the limitations. And in the same way, uh, the Super NES doesn't have fantastic audio fidelity, but the music of the Runaway Five really sounds like the kind of rhythm and blues stuff of the Blues Brothers. Um, the I was trying to play a long part of it on a guitar or ukulele, and I was trying to play the horn part. And I was like, "Jesus, is hard. You can't play that on a guitar. And I was like, well, no, because it's for a horn section. Mm. And in fact... The game has been arranged, or the music has been arranged, so that the horn section sounds like something that a horn section would play. Or it's like, even though because it's sequenced, you could have the horns play whatever part you want, right? Um, Suzuki or whoever wrote a horn part, of this it's that you would make a horn section play, yeah. And the uh, organ, similarly, is. A part that uh, someone playing the organ would play, and yeah. it's
2: awesome. It's arranged a- as it would
0: be. It's cool. Mm. Um, and multiple RPGs have like musical bits, but what other RPG has this kind of R and B, this like uh, blues brothers Sam and Dave kind of music? Nobody. Yeah. Also, um, I, I think it's worth but-
1: pointing out that there are six members of the Runaway Five.
2: <laughs> it's mm. true. <laughs> <laughs> the keyboardist out there, not technically being part of the crew, but being there for all the gigs. Yeah. I wonder if he's just playing in, or... Mm. I-
0: the same keyboardist shows up at the other theater, right? Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean anything. It's it could good. still be. It's good. It's just a... <laughs>
2: Oh, the other Not Blues Brothers thing totally I was gonna say angry. is that in mm-hmm. Blues Brothers the film, they do get handed a wad of ten thousand dollars.
0: Oh. Uh, wow. is it really ten thousand dollars? It is
2: ten thousand dollars, and I went, Ha whoa
0: That's a very direct reference then. Yeah. Jeez. Cause I was gonna say the the like connective tissue with the Blues Brothers is that it is kind of an RPG plot. Where we're going to go to this place and recruit this person. And we're going to go to the next place and re- recruit the next person. And... It's um, Fire Emblem Blues Brothers, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh But the, <laughs> the point about $10,000 is considerably more compelling. I was wondering... Because, like, the movie is a big deal. Everyone loves the movie. But... The Blues Brothers also, they started out as an act on Saturday Night Live. And they supposedly did a world tour in 1988. But I can't find any hmm. reference outside to outside of one Wikipedia article of where that world tour actually went. So I yeah. don't know if it's real.
2: I have to just assume this is something that made the crossover to Japan, like Twin Peaks did at the time. Like, this is just something that entered into japanese knowledge pop culture space that they would know about this and so when they were looking for things to integrate into their america themed game it's like oh we gotta (laughs) put blues brothers in uh which is good it fits the game real well it sure does uh they bring the house down it's great it's awesome you can go back outside and you can go to the other room in the theater where uh mr poochie food is hanging out um this and is an ta-
1: amazing name of a character, by the way.
2: You can, uh... Yeah, it's good. <laughs> you can talk to him, and he'll explain that the Runaway 5 owe him a lot of money. Uh, and then you can try and offer him that money, but if you're across the desk from him like you would normally be, he goes, I, I can't see that all the way over there. Can you get a little closer for me? Uh, and the game tricks you into making it much easier to animate this cutscene by getting you out of the way behind the desk where you hand the money. Because as soon as you hand him that money, he says, well, I have my money, so the Runaway Five are free to go. And then a big cutscene happens where they all run in the room. And like, one by one, they all say a little sentiment about how
0: happy they are about their troubles being over for now and forever. And that freaking music starts up.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like the end of a movie. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, The the, I have a lot of favorite music in this game, (laughs) and everything associated with the Runaway Five, ha, the best. Mm -hmm. My my favorite. And it really sounds like that kind of music. They like it's not. I'm making video game music. It's I'm making like. Concert, like concert hall style rhythm and blues, big band stuff. Yeah, uh, it's awesome, and it makes me smile every time. And they say, "Well, let's get going. Our uh, our bus can uh will scare away all the like. They're very direct about it. Our bus is loud enough that we can scare away the ghosts in the tunnel on the way to Threed." yep
2: yeah. You get in, uh the drummer's the guy that uh drives the bus, and he gets the very good line where he backs into the sidewalk and he says, Hey, sidewalk, get out of my way! <laughs> the best. Uh, and then it plays the really good this is my favorite Runaway 5 song.
0: Right, right, uh, yes. The
2: <laughs> where you're driving in their bus and it's got the real good mm-hmm. drums. Um, and you make that same drive you made before, but with different music, and all the ghosts come out and try and haunt ya. Uh, but they do not succeed. And you get through to the other side, and you're in three.
0: Yeah, awesome. Wait, this isn't awesome. It's always nighttime here. It's scary. Um, and the Runaway Five just drop us off in the middle of town and says, "Huh, this looks sucky, but uh, you'll be fine." Bye. They say you'll you'll brighten it up with your
2: own brand of sunshine. Yes. Uh, and then they leave you at that. Uh, great, great vignette. Things are looking up.
0: <laughs> and this, you have to stop here. This is the best place to isn't. Is can you help but turn off the game at this point?
1: Yeah, it's too scary. Is it
0: the perfect place to stop? Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll stop now.
1: Yeah, I think this is the right place to stop.
0: Well, okay then, we'll stop now.